This morning, in both the Old Testament lesson, Genesis chapter uh, 18, and the Gospel, uh, we, uh, which was Luke chapter 10, we are given accounts of sacred meals, of meals with God, particularly meals with the Son, meals with Jesus. And not unrelatedly, that is why we are here this morning. That's why we're gathered together, to feast with and on the Word of God, to eat, to, as the prayer book says, to inwardly digest the words of the Word, which are the Scriptures, and to eat the Word made flesh, and the most holy sacrament of Christ's body and blood. And in today's epistle, Colossians 1, uh, 15 and following, we get a dazzling, uh, it's actually, Paul is uh, riffing off an early Christian hymn about Christ uh, that perhaps people sung, Uh, When they came into the church, and he's dealing with this Colossian heresy, this mysterious heresy that they were falling into, uh, and he's, he's calling them back to the truth to be guarded. So we get this uh, early Christian hymn, which proclaims and describes the one with whom and on whom we feast. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, the God-man Savior of the world. So as we look at Abraham and Sarah at the Oaks of Mamre, dining with the second person of the Trinity, the Son, the pre-incarnate Christ, and then two angels, we see if we keep reading, those are the two angels that go on to Sodom and Gomorrah. But it says, if you look in the beginning of the text, the Lord appeared to Abraham. So the Lord is there. And then, of course, at Bethany, to drink deep of who is it that they feasted with? Who is it that we feast with this morning? Who is it that we worship? Mary and Martha of Bethany held in their home, hosted in their home, he who holds together all things. And this is the same Lord of all and Christ of God that we are to dine with now. Brothers and sisters, if we recognize and meditate upon who Jesus is and what he has done for us, we will prepare to be in his presence to sit at his table in a manner consonant with Abraham, who, when the Lord visited him, prepared to dine with him in a spirit of holy urgency. All of Abraham's uh, and Sarah's hustle and bustle has as its end communion with God, a singular focus on that one thing, which Mary of Bethany chose. Now, I do think that Martha, in particular, 
And doers, in quotes, go-getters, have gotten a bad rap. As one commentator noted, Luke 10 is not pitting the active life against the contemplative life. And I would add, this passage is not pitting the engineer against the philosopher. Philosopher is going to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. If the world were full, if everyone was a philosopher, we probably wouldn't have bridges or running water <laughs> or food. So the moral of the story, Luke chapter 10, is not that we should all become monks. Nor is this passage to be used as cover for laziness, which I've seen that done, or for justification and shrinking of, from one's temporal and worldly responsibilities. On the contrary, Martha loved Jesus. St. Ephraim the Syrian, he actually argues that her zeal for the Lord was greater than that of Mary of Bethany. Because she was the one, if you remember, when, when Jesus came to raise Lazarus from the dead, she ran out to greet him. But it does seem, at least in this passage, that she had lost her focus. In her doing for Jesus, she missed out on being with Jesus. She wasn't present. She was anxious. Maybe, this is speculation, maybe she was a perfectionist. And so much so that if you, you see that she starts telling Jesus what to do. Can you tell her to help me? Duty, work, task, getting things done, temporal things are not bad or unimportant. But the eternal takes priority over the temporal. The contemplation, the communion with God, takes priority over activity for God. Said simply, we don't want to do for Jesus at the expense of being with Jesus. And this can happen, right? Not only in the spiritual life, not only in our relationship with the Lord, but in our relationship with others, right? That we can do for our family. We're working hard for them. We're making sure the house looks perfect for them, that we miss out on being with them. Now, that doesn't mean you should quit your job. I'm just going to contemplate God and I'm not going to work doesn't mean, please, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't clean your house. It's not an either or. It's rather that we should engage in temporal things with eternity in view. That's the difference between Abraham and Martha. Abraham and Sarah are busy, are they not? Sarah is, is hustling to make bread. The text says that Abraham runs to the herd to get the best calf. But it's not anxious work. It's preparation for worship. And I would contend that it's in itself, in their zeal, 
to honor their guest, who is the Lord. They're making haste. They're preparing for worship, for communion with God, and their work is in itself worshipful. So maybe you're a Martha. And again, the world needs Martha's. The diversity of the gifts in the body of Christ. And the reality is that we have to work. That doesn't mean we have to necessarily work uh, jobs. So even if you have this sort of dystopian Skynet, AI is going to become self-aware and robots are going to do everything and we're going to get universal basic income and not do anything, we're still going to have to work. We're still going to have to live. Maintaining relationships is, is a type of labor. It's a good sort of labor. All right, so we're not going to become, and I do think that's sort of a dystopian vision, laying around doing nothing. So we have to work, whether that's in our homes, outside the home. But the goal is to live our lives to work in light of the end for which we are made, which is communion with God. To do the work of Martha in the spirit of Mary. Even, I think, if Martha had been sitting at the feet of Jesus, she would have been distracted. <laughs> been thinking about all the things that she has to do. Doing the work of Martha in the spirit of Mary. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, that's everything. Whether in word or deed, do all. It's all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is what it means to pray without ceasing. So, so yes, we want to commune with God in an overt and direct way in the sacraments in the reading of Scripture, in our, our vocal, uh, liturgical prayer, but to pray without ceasing, to do the work of Martha in the spirit of Mary, is to live the whole of one's life with and in God. With and in, and I would add, for God. So it is possible brothers and sisters, to be, metaphorically speaking, sitting at the feet of Jesus while running around. Let us make our uh, final descent into the end of the sermon. Uh, By reflecting on this feast with Jesus that we are having now, the Holy Eucharist, in light of Mary's feast with Jesus, this being Mary of Bethany. St. Augustine writes this. He says, what was Mary enjoying? What was she eating? I'm persistent on this point because I'm enjoying it too. I will venture to say that she was eating the one she was listening to. I mean, if she was eating truth, 
Didn't he say himself, I am the truth? What more can I say? He was being eaten because he was the bread. I, he said, am the bread who came down from heaven. This is the bread which nourishes and never diminishes. So as we turn to receive the sacrament, as we turn to enter a sacred meal, like Abraham and Sarah, like Mary and Martha, where we are going to feast, where we are feasting on the words of the word and feasting on the word himself sacramentally in the Holy Eucharist. We want to prepare for that. We want to be like Abraham, that we're preparing uh, with haste and with zeal and with a sense of holy urgency as we come into God's presence. You'll notice that recently uh, we added some prayers uh, in the service booklet that are, that are personal prayers to aid in your preparation for worship. There's one right at the beginning. There's also prayers to help you prepare to receive Holy Communion, and there's a prayer of thanksgiving, some prayers of thanksgiving after you receive. Because we need to prepare to encounter the living God. So in, uh, for example, the quiet uh, before the service, we want to focus our hearts and minds on the Lord. We want to move from Martha to Mary. We want to put out of our mind as much as we can temporal things and prepare to worship Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we can't, when things are heavy and we cannot put temporal things aside, we take them and we lay them at the feet of Jesus. We cast all our cares upon him. So here we are, brothers and sisters. We are at the Oaks of Mamre, at a house in Bethany, to eat with and of the Lord, to commune with God. So may God have mercy on us and enable us to feast on the scriptures and unto life to feast on the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with the Father and the Holy Spirit be all honor, glory, and praise, world without end. Amen.